0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.
1: The Nimble with Numbers team presents Chalked Block with Bo Bigtime McBrayer. McBrayer. I gotta know what a $5 shake tastes like. That's hot.
0: That's hot. I won't win it, folks. No. You don't
1: know Diddley. And his partner, Scott Stag Simpson.
0: Do you know who I am? Trying to put Tiger Bomb on this jungle's nuts. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. I gotta catch a glimpse of these warlocks. Let's make a move. Let's make a move. Let's make a move.
1: Hey, you guys, welcome back to Chalk Blocked, the world's sexiest DFS show. I am joined, as always, by the Chargers guy, <laughs> guilty as charged, Scott Stack Simpson. You can, oh, okay. his, you can find his prolific Twitter game at nimble w Numbers, as well as Jordan, the mathematician Vanek, his burgeoning Twitter game full of legendary memes and general chicanery. Oh. Can be found at Jordan Vanick1. And I'm Bo McBrayer, aka Big Time, aka the hot sauce boss. You can find me. All the gift game straight from the hip. All the food, porn, everything you want from me. Maybe some DFS winnings this season. We hope so. At Bo underscore McBigTime. Without further ado, you gotta welcome our special guest tonight. Ooh, baby. This is, this is a guy I really I really like. I've been following this guy since since I pretty much got into fantasy Twitter, and I'm a DFS guy at heart. And I find myself nodding in agreement way too often for comfort when I when I when I see this guy post on Twitter. I'm just like, yeah, yep, yeah, everything, yep, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. And I like to troll people. I like to disagree. I like to be the contrarian, but not with this guy. You can find him on the FTN Network. He's a writer, analyst. He's also the host of Fade the Chalk, which might be the sexiest, second sexiest DFS show in existence. The Fade the Chalk, no relation to Chalk Blocked. This is mister Debro himself, Derek Brown. How are you doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? Thank y'all for having me. Um, Hope
2: everybody's had a great week. It's fantastic Friday. So I've got a drink poured. I'm ready to roll through DFS. We're going to talk all things football. Thank y'all for having me. It's going to be a blast, man.
1: Boys, raise your glasses, raise your bevies. It's a D bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's vodka pop Scott over here.
0: It, it's actually an all natural cherry lime good pop. I'm it trying sure not is. to be not to, I'm trying not to be such a badass, Bo. And so, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a little thing I'm doing called not drinking alcohol, uh, for a while. And I'm going to break that fast when I come visit you. Uh, I'm so excited to have D on because, uh, he jumped in a couple weeks ago to a clubhouse that Mike and I were doing for the fancy millionaires and just chopped it up on the break. He wasn't prepared. We didn't have a schedule. He just came in and went boom, 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 boom. So now we actually have some content that we're gonna chop up mm-hmm. and we're gonna get into today. So I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you you work with people that we all love over there. We love uh, Steffi Smalls. we love noisy Wavos. There's a bunch of friends that you work with over there. so uh, everybody, please go do follow uh, Derek. his Twitter is at D bro underscore FFV and then the FTN it's FTN network. Uh, follow them too on Twitter as well. And then Fade the Chalk, right? That's in, in that mm-hmm. at Fade the Chalk. Yeah, there you go.
1: Three in a row. At Chalk
3: Fade. At Chalk fade. <laughs> <Chuck> fade.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: because yeah. the other one was taken. That's the magic of Twitter. You go there, you're like, oh, I've got a cool name for my podcast. Then you're like, this was taken in 2007 and it hasn't tweeted in the last five
1: years. Ever. Glorious! Oh. Glorious! I, I don't even know who to call to buy it from, right? right?
2: Like, I tried to hit up the guy that has my real name when I got on Twitter and I was like, how about $50? And he was like, how about hell no? I was like, yeah, you, you haven't tweeted in six years. What are do you doing with this? And he's like, how about no. go leap yourself? I was like, Holy, man. I was like, okay. And so since then, I got the Twitter, I got the branding and all that kind of stuff, and I just kinda of stuck with it, man. At this point,
1: yeah. I'm like, can't change it now. Gotta live with not it. To, Made the bed, yeah. gotta sleep in it. Right. And not to be <laughs> mistaken, we, we we have about a year or so where you and my good buddy Dan Brown from uh from the Sons <laughs> of Anarchy or yeah, the Sons of Dynasty. He uh he was D Brown and you are Derek Brown or D. Bro. <laughs> And so you guys were interchangeable to a lot of people. Dude, was- people
2: would <laughs> tag me. They would tag Dan. They would think they were tagging Dan. they tag me. It was back and forth that he'd hop up in my DMs and be like, are they talking to you? Are they talking to me? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's just both answer
0: them and see who talks to who. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> well, and and yeah. here's how you can tell you're talking to the D-Brown, the D-Bro himself, Derek Brown, is that – uh, first of all, he has the 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 beard emoji on there on his
1: avatars. family guy.
0: His
2: family. Yeah. Uh, my cartoon is prettier than me. But I just want to put that out into the space before we say anything else. <laughs> this is perfect.
0: This is I disagree. 100% perfect. I love it. It's probably one of the best avatars out there. So that's how you're gonna you know stand out already. Uh, and then you got that beautiful blue you know, the Carolina blue that, you know, Jordan is pimping behind there and he loves so and Bo hates so much because they don't it's, it's outlawed in the, in the Northwest. So Bo doesn't have any teams that look nice. They all look like orange and yellow and green and brown. Yeah. And no, like, it's If you, you know. have that
1: kind of blue, it's the Crips. So, <laughs> <Huh>? okay, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> um, it, but do go follow them and, and I, I love, yeah, chalk fade. So there you go.
1: See, uh, I told you.
0: Yeah. And you can check out everything there. And then you know, right from there, you can link into to the FTN network. And, I mean, there's just so great. many good things going
1: on there. Too. Great oh. read, by the way, on that Ferkser piece. That I know. All, well, thanks, uh, man.
0: We were talking about it before the show. I, I was like, okay, it's not on the agenda officially. But, you know, I do want to talk about it. Uh What, what do you think about Ferxer this year? What's your kind of outlook? I don't want to totally give your article away. But, uh, you know, great, great article. I think we've all read it and we love it.
2: I mean, thank y'all, guys. I mean, I really appreciate it. You know, you throw stuff out in the space, even when you're writing full-time, and you're like, is anybody going to read this? Is anybody going to really care about Anthony Fersker of all people? But when you dive into the numbers and stuff like that, I was surprised, and I was like, I hit up our content head, and I was like, I need to write about Anthony Fersker. Like, please give me this. And so not only did we come out with uh, booms, bust, breakouts, and bets with me and uh, Brad Evans, we have that tag team series going on. Tennessee just went live uh, today. Well, yeah, today. Uh, also, I wrote up and I was like, I've got to go deeper on Anthony Fersker. Like, 150 words is not going to cut it. And I'm in on him this year, man. I think he's going to be the guy that, like, everybody can get at the end of their drafts. He could be that, and I'm not going to say, like, Logan Thomas-esque, because I don't know if he's going to get that many targets. Possibly. But I think he can legit get 90 targets this year in that offense because, again, i again. Going back to the piece with Brad, I went in-depth about Josh Reynolds and why I'm out on him. And it's a really good read because Brad took the other side of it. He's like, no, I'm in on him. Like, why would you not be? And I'm like, well, okay, we can differ. It's okay, let's fight. And so I'm in on sure because his role in this offense, he's a receiver. That's all he is. He's Tennessee's version of Mike Gusecki. That's all he is. Like, you look at his entire career... of his career, he's been, well, last year it was 88%. He was either in the slot or out wide. He is going to be a receiver when he's on the field. That's all he's going to do. And if you go check out the article, every part and piece of his, like, his career, especially 2020, he's been ridiculously efficient. Like, the dude was in, if you look at all tight ends and yards per route run, he was right behind Mark Andrews just to give you some context of the company he's keeping when he was catching passes on Tennessee last year. So I think he's going to be the second pass catcher by an A.J. Brown. If that's the case, they might not throw a ton. They're going to throw enough to where is yeah. going to freaking pay off,
1: man. If you believe in vacated targets with Corey Davis and Jonu Smith out of town, yeah, uh, talk about wheels up for a guy who spent uh, almost three-quarters of the snaps at a slot position. And uh, mm-hmm. in a team with, with a different coordinator last year, uh, threw a lot to their tight ends. So I don't, I don't think they'll get away too far from that kind of scheme because that's what they know. Um,
2: well, and Bo, I even went back to 2017, the last time we looked at Todd Downing running an offense. There's even parallels there where they used Jared Cook. And you're looking at similar target share, and Cook had to compete <laughs> with Amari Cooper and freaking Michael Crabtree that year. So. Yeah. Fergster ain't got that kind of competition, man. It's one dude. One yeah. dude is who he's competing against. Oh, I mean, he's, he's like on, dude he's, he's like a dynasty,
1: dude man, <laughs> and he's on yeah. dynasty waivers right now. I, oh I, my gosh! I oh, spent, I I've been, I picked him up pretty much in mass last week because um, once I was post a couple drafts, I kind of just went through and see if there's anybody who slipped through the cracks with opportunity because that's yeah. what you're looking for in dynasty to fill your bench. You want to keep the bench churning with people who have an opportunity that are going to be on the team and on the field a lot. And I saw him in every single league, just sitting there on waivers. And one league, I had a $400 budget and I spent $69 on him. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean,
3: 69
1: out of the 400 and nobody else bid on him, which I was again, shocked by. And so when I did that, the rest of them, I just threw a dollar on with a hundred dollar budget for the year mm-hmm. And you get, you get a, a starting tight end with a lot of upside for free, basically.
2: Well, and the thing about that is, like, he's my – so he's tied with another tight end. They're my most own tight ends in ball right now because mm-hmm. his ADP is probably going to creep up. The more people like us talk about him, the closer we get to the NFL season. So right now I'm just crushing exposure for him. Like, he was going in the 12th to 14th round. He's, like, oh, tight yeah. end 17. I'll get all my exposure now and when his adp creeps up i'm out but in dynasty i would be grabbing him just like you did bo and i would I, wait until like the fourth fifth week of the season he's crushing it with like a 20 percent target Street share bait. and then you just sell him off because he's on a one-year contract with tennessee get yourself like a late second and this is how we win this is <laughs> legit how you win at dynasty
0: yeah yeah sell no. high buy low yeah. Yep. well, I, he, And I wasn't paying attention today. One of my rookie drafts, he was available and somebody picked him. I just <laughs> didn't think he'd be available. And I'm just like, mother of God, oh, I could have had first. <laughs> so I was just one of those things where you, you just you catch you sleep and, and you just I didn't I scrolled down the tight ends. I just saw trash, rookie, trash, rookie, trash, rookie. I thought first girl would be pushed up the board on the sleeper app. It, it, he was not. And
3: so, yeah. so sleeper, you gotta watch out for that ADP, ADP,
2: man. That ADP is wild over there. <laughs> oh, it's it's it's, it's like a, especially this time on, of the year, in rookies ADP is wild. Whether you're on sleeper, you're on oh, NFL,
1: it's IDP, it's crazy. IDP ADP IDP ADP is insanity. Like mm. it's like anarchy. Um, it's like pin the tail on the donkey, basically. You uh, where I question? got Xavier McKinney, really? I got Xavier McKinney for free in idp league and i was like dude if you're doing
2: startups right now like i'm in a startup right now and you're going to try and become by adp
0: i mean you're just choosing violence that's all it is you're just choosing violence for this for
2: the startup that's all it is man totally
0: totally no uh well so let's talk about another way that we can kind of maximize you know we're, we're looking to be able to uh, get Fursker in Dynasty. But then I I think he's a really great play right now in best ball. So, you know, D, I don't know if you're out there in the best ball streets uh, of oh, Underdog. Yeah. You know, nice. I knew you were. I knew you were, actually. Uh, but, but I'm out there regularly and I'm trying to get Fursker as my second tight end. Oftentimes I will do a stack. And this is my favorite stack. It's Taney Hill, Fursker, A.J. Brown. Boom. <laughs> You know, I get A.J. Brown in the second round, you know, get Taney Hill in like the ninth or tenth and first grade down there, maybe a round or two later. If I can get that stack, I am leaving the draft pretty pleased with that one team stack I have. If, if I can pull off the rest of my stacks, oh, oh, oh I haven't so done it yet.
2: I, I, I like, I like exactly where your head's at, Scott. My only pushback about the Tennessee stack is you can get A.J. Brown and go first and you're probably getting about 75% of what's useful in that passing offense, don't go Tannehill. You don't need Tannehill. Mm. You can get more ceiling out of another quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually wrote up Tannehill earlier this week, and I've had a lot of concerns. I'm in. It's weird because, like, I'm in on A.J. Brown where he's going, and his price is extremely high right now. But I'm in on him. I'm in on him, and I'm in on Perkster, and people are like, why the hell are you not in on Tannehill? And I'm like, you could be in on these other two players and not like the quarterback because mm-hmm. if he's gonna hit a true ceiling, he's gonna need probably more than those two players at least weekly and stuff. So
1: it's gonna have to I, be I, I love the Tennessee guys. The
2: best ball. But- I, I, I do have my concerns about Tannehill, but I, I'm with you. I'm with you on AJ Brown and Firster. There are a lot of drafts where like and I made it to I was this close to the final table and the bubble and best ball mania last year. I'm bounded to determine I've been down these best ball streets since like they like put their first tournaments live yeah. on all sites and so I've been grinding these things even before the NFL draft before like when I started digging into prospects to figure out who the hell these guys were and why I should draft them I've been digging into best balls and I'll take first curves my tight end one man because yeah. honestly like if you're gonna go <laughs> two is. to three tight ends approach like late. There's a bunch of guys late at the end of drafts. Like right now, my favorite three late tight ends, I'm going Fursker, I'm going Cole Komet, and I'm going Adam Troutman, baby. And you can take the two of those three, you could take all three of those. They are all going after round twelve to thirteen.
1: All of them. And every one one of them
2: every one of them could be the second option in their passing game. It can't happen.
1: Yeah. I'll throw another one out there for you. A high-volume offense that's going to score a ton of points, red zone threat back from injury. I'm getting him in the very end, uh, Blake Jarwin. And yeah. Jordan knows, Jordan knows how I've far. I've added him
2: on my Dax, stats. I'm, yeah, I'm in on that. How
1: Please. far I punt tight ends in best ball drafts if I don't yeah. get one of the top four. It's, like Because <laughs> I, I consider Kyle Pitts in the top four top four tight ends for redraft i'm kind of in the minority there where i'm just like adp just i'm just blowing it out of proportion (laughs) i don't care i want that i want a piece of that guy everywhere no matter what the format and so yeah you can blame me for kyle pitts going in the third or fourth round of redraft or best ball Um, (laughs) but jordan knows if i don't get one of the four guys at the top
3: Mm
1: -hmm. i punt tight end as far as i can see and yeah. I, I've, yeah. had a couple, I've had a couple of best ball drafts where I went rounds 13, 14, 15 with Ferkser, Troutman, and Jarwin.
2: Yeah. And, yeah.
1: and I'm set. I mean,
2: I, I'm with that, man. Like, the other thing about it is, like, you can just get extra equity, especially if you're doing these large field tournaments. And yeah. if you get – my whole thing is if you get to the final table and you're sitting at the table and you're like, okay – What portion of this meal am I going to get that none of y'all schmoes are getting? Who are the players that I have or the combinations that I have that you don't have out of 150,000 people or 50,000 people or 10,000 people? you got to be different. Absolutely, man. So, like, those 2% rostered players, players that people are like, oh, I just love to hate on them. Like, if you're going to correlate some of your stacks late, like, if I'm going Dak, yeah, hell yeah. Give me Jarwin as attack on piece at the very end Mm -hmm. of it. Because if injuries strike to Dallas, could he be really huge in that offense? Absolutely. I mean, look, another guy that people hate, and I have never uttered his name It has never come out of my mouth until this year. So people can go back, find me on Twitter, check the receipts. I don't delete shit, okay? (laughs) You will not hear me hyping him in any previous season. I was actually fighting people out in the streets last year hyping him. Chris Herndon, (laughs) man. He's free. Nobody wants him. And everybody thinks they know who's going to catch passes for the Jets. Do we really? Does anybody really know that? No, you don't. Nobody knows it.
0: No, no. And I like that because what what you're really thinking about, and this is a DFS mindset too. And we're going to talk about that. This is a DFS style show. We're out of season, but we can always cultivate a DFS mindset. These guys, these bros here, all DFS baseballing it up and on the razor's edge of 100 grand. And, you know, I know, Jordan. You're going to get to talk next. Don't worry, brother. I'm throwing to So uh, he doesn't need to talk. He does. He definitely does. But so, so here's the thought process about Chris Herndon. If nobody has him, and you have him, maybe he doesn't do anything in the playoffs. Right? That's fine. But maybe everybody has the same Kelsey. And Kelsey has a dud, and you got Herndon, and he goes for 20. Whatever it is. Who knows? Yeah. So that just gives you an opportunity, whereas you want some of those same players other people have. You're probably going to have some of those same players. But, like, where's that upside for those players uh, that everybody else does not have? So, Jordan, throw it to you. Who are some of the guys that you're looking for who have that low ownership, maybe in best ball, that you're trying to rally? It could be tight end. It could be any position, though.
1: I
3: Don't mean, I've, I've been, Benjamin. I've been ben thinking ben. tight end the whole entire time <laughs> we because, you know, we, we've had, you know, there's a little bit of talks about it. And, like, my late-round tight ends, I love Gerald Everett, and I actually love Dan yes. Arnold. Yes. Dan yes. Arnold is the tight end that I actually like for the Panthers <laughs> offense because of the fact Ian Thomas ran the third most routes out of tight ends last year. He did nothing in those routes, but... <laughs> He ran it. He was running them. He was out there. He was having a good time. Good at whatever. He's and running them like, terribly and covering himself. He's just
2: doing his best to Marcus Robinson, baby. Yeah, it's all I mean, fitbit
3: time. He, he's he's out there fitbit. I mean, like Dan Arnold has had some big games in DFS wise, and like mm-hmm. we have a problem in the red zone because DJ Moore doesn't score in the red zone. He's not been doing that in his career so far. He's just not a touchdown guy. Robbie Anderson's not really that touchdown guy in the red zone. Terrace Marshall is. Terrace Marshall's a rookie that I like. But Dan Arnold, the other guy that I'm looking forward to for that reason. I mean the the rookies this year. I know I know Derek Brown or Derek. You got you got excited when I said Terrace Marshall. What what other what other rookies are you liking? Because I know Mr. Bo over here is drafting Kyle Pitts in the third round, but oh, besides, besides the one everybody talks about, no, do you I, like? I take him in the fourth
1: for redraft or best ball. Oh, <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs>
2: You're giving me a heart attack, Bo. I can't pay that price, man. Not even in FFPC leagues. Like, oh, shoot, yo, yeah. oh no, I can't do it. I can't and do it. When can't he do it, scores can't do it.
1: 250, when he scores two hundred and fifty fantasy points as a rookie, because he's going to replace Julio Jones, not Hayden Hurst. That's going to be what's ha- what happens. I mean, look, I get Double. it, man. I'm not.
2: I'm not going to hate on you in your own show. I'm not going to sit here and push back too hard. It. I don't but, care. My problem with it is that we're all baking in. Like, everybody's baking that into Kyle Pitts. You're literally baking it in that he's going to be historic from the time he hits the field. But then, it, it, I just feel like Kyle Pitts, a lot of us are cherry-picking the outliers that we want to believe in. Because it's like, the entirety of like social media is like, Oh, you, you have Kyle Pitts? Oh, give me a high five. Let's go. Up top, baby. <laughs> but you talk about Baltimore throwing more. Then you're like, oh, no, you're an idiot. You talk about, like, uh, Devonta Smith being good at 166, and people are like, well, you might be smart, but you could be dumb, too. So it's (laughs) like we're all cherry-picking our outliers here, man, and I'm just like, well, I mean, Kyle Pitts is a man-child. I'm not going to sit here and dispute that. He is going to be, if he is, like, Travis Kelsey-esque or, like, a top-five tight end for the time he hits the field... He will legit be the the unicorn of all unicorns. Like and you could put posters on. of that dude. And but that's that's what everybody's so, doing,
1: man. Like, so I, I, here's the, here's yeah. how I justify it to myself. So when I look at a, pl- a rookie group, or or even if I take it to sophomores, like who do I want to push my chips all in on, and who else is and who can I if I pick out one or two players every year to smash just like like take the hype and then just go farther like last year mm-hmm. i wish i would I had done that with justin jefferson because before the draft i had him ranked as the wide receiver one in that class the draft kind of shifted things around he went, ended up slipping to number three and so it wasn't a huge deal but having him behind lamb and judy but when you when you look at go look back i bet on judy to take that smash first year and it ended up being Jefferson. But I always push everything all in on a couple guys every year. Mm-hmm. And if you hit that, even if you're way ahead of ADP, and you hit that and you have him everywhere, you win everywhere. Like, everybody who had Justin Jefferson last year just completely obliterated everybody because they were getting him late.
2: That, well, that's, that's the only spot I'll push back on that because – Jefferson was basically free that's the big difference you're paying up for Kyle Pitts in the middle of rounds we're like his ceiling projection is close to other players medium projections at that point that's my only difference in that like I agree with you Justin Jefferson was the sauce last year like him and Chase Claypool you got them late in best balls oh you were crushing man uh you know so I mean I, I I'm I'm with you on like I'm really big on like if you believe in your process and you believe where you're at and you've done the homework and stuff like that. Don't be cute in these drafts. Like, there's a certain amount of time <laughs> where we get too damn cute with ADP. ADP is a false construct. We all yeah. it moves. Yeah, it, is. it ebbs and flows. It moves a lot. Get your damn guys. Like, right. don't play this game of I'm gonna I'm gonna wait like until next round and maybe I get him. Okay, there are times to like consider that. And there's other times where you're like that is idiotic. If you yeah. just spent, like, the time and the hours putting into your process and you know where you stand on these players, and there's a bunch of, like, other players around that, and you're like, uh, no, 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 <laughs> eh, no, no, hell no. <laughs> oh, not, not you either. Then go ahead and get them. Like, get them around early. Once you get outside of, like, the past, like, top five rounds in a best ball draft, ADP is a false construct in a lot of times. Once you get outside of those top five to six rounds – forget you it. Got it throw it out the window the hell with that shit
1: yeah and so- uh, and I'll agree with you there because um I'm considering Pitts as a wide receiver I'm I the only thing that's tied in with him that's is next to his name on position eligibility if I bake into my rankings uh, he's a wide receiver he's never going to be lining up in, on the offensive line he's not going to stand a block on any snaps he's going to be in the slot or out wide every single snap I'm not going to grade him as a tight end yeah. I can put him at tight end because that's where he's eligible, but I see him as the wide receiver one in this class above Jamar Chase and above Devontae Smith, above Jalen Waddell, above everybody. And so if I figure if my wide receiver two is Jamar Chase and I'm predicting about 220 points his rookie season in Cincinnati and I have Pitts at 235, I mean, 235 is not a humongous number for a rookie wide receiver. It's It's big. But it puts him in that wide receiver late, uh, like back end wide receiver one, front end wide receiver two number. And so that's that's where I have pits. And that's why I'm drafting him alongside those wide receivers
3: in that same group. Yeah. I mean, the tight ends also, like I'm speaking of best ball drafts, it's half point. It's not a full point. It makes a huge difference. There's not a lot of points at tight end. It's all about touchdowns. Like (laughs) you just want guys in high powered offenses. That's why I love Gerald Everett so much, just because of. The fact that he's with Russ, red zone. We've we've watched uh, Will Disley. We've watched Jacob Hollister. We've watched these guys have 20-point weeks with Russell Wilson just because. And with Dwayne Eskridge and them going three wide, the middle of the field is just going to be wide open. Like Yeah, those, I, you know, I love that call, out. Jordan. I really <laughs>
2: yeah. do, man. I, I've been on yeah. Gerald Everett. I wrote up some early uh, basketball draft stuff over at FTN Fantasy and FTN Daily. Uh, this is probably about two months ago. And I wrote up Gerald He Gerald Everett was in that piece because – for all the reasons you're talking about, man, and the other thing that doesn't get talked about enough is their new offensive coordinator the was rims. the positional coach for the Rams, <laughs> and he was the he was on staff when they drafted him in the second damn round, and for yeah. one of his first things when he landed in Seattle was, hey, oh Gerald Everett's a free agent, <laughs> come over <laughs> here. Kazebi, he started him Kazebi. over Higby
1: for two years, so yeah, the only reason <laughs> yeah. Higby got the field is because Everett got hurt. Everett's yeah. a yeah. damn a stud, forget. dude. Like I love it.
2: You look he at all started kinds over of metrics. HGD
1: every game that he was in there with healthy, dude,
2: that's, that's, he's a beast. Yeah. He's an absolute yeah. beast. Like if you look at like the last two to three seasons and broken tackles per receptions, Everett is a monster. All he needs is volume. That's legit. All this dude needs because the talent
0: is there. Get yeah. him the ball. I love it, and I think you saw last year their offense did when when DK was bracketed. And when Tyrell Lockett could not get free, I mean, they had more. I loved it. Moore did a great job. I loved him in DFS. He was a really good play. Uh, he won me some money, you know, and, and Jordan as well. We all kind of talked about this, or, you know. Uh, but you know, I know Bo, Bo didn't. I know you on the more train, Bo. Yeah, but Bo, Bo was on there sometimes as well. So, but they did not guess
1: it right. <laughs> they did
0: not. Yeah, they didn't guess right. They didn't control the middle of the field. Like that's one thing they just were lacking. And you can go deep as much as you want. But when, when they know it's coming, it's a lot harder uh, to, to get that completion. And even if you have somebody like DK, you know, because two on one is hard. It's just, you know, it's hard for the one to get there uh, unless it's, uh, you know, Randy Moss. And then it's like, you know, two on eight. Who cares? Or one on eight. Who cares? He can still get it. So that's what so, I learned this week yeah. from Fancy. I want to stay on the
1: tight end train here because we've seen some quote unquote tight ends signed by NFL clubs this week. Uh, the faithful, oh Tebow. My. And the fluffy, <laughs> the fluffy—you know who that is, <laughs> Kelvin Benjamin, <laughs> the Muppet Cop um, Man. <laughs> the Faithful and the Fluffy are re the league as quote-unquote tight ends. Are your antennas perked up at all for DFS ramifications for the Jags or the Giants if these guys make the team? I mean, if Dontari Poe can ke- can do a jump pass at the goal line, why can't Tebow reincarnate himself from the swamp?
2: Oh Lord. Um. <laughs> I think Tebow is there for two reasons. I think Tebow is there to sell jerseys, and I think Tebow is there to sit here and take all the heat off of Trevor Lawrence. Because just like we're talking about on this show, we are not talking about Trevor Lawrence. We are not talking about Trevor Lawrence's shoulder. We are not talking about Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the NFL draft. Everybody is talking about Tebow. That's all they are talking about.
0: Yeah. And if that's
2: why Jacksonville brought him in, that is incredibly smart. From a PR perspective, everything. I don't even, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if Tebow doesn't even make this team. I actually think that he probably won't. They'll probably carry him through training camp preseason. If he shows something in the preseason, which, whew, um, I'm going to be curious. If we get some preseason DFS, I'll be out there grinding, baby. Um, <laughs> I might ask some Tim Tebow in some preseason action. Uh-huh. Um, I, You know, past that. Now, I, outside of preseason DFS, no, nah, no, nah, no Tebow. And I can't even talk about Calvin Benjamin, man. I can't take that even yeah. seriously. <laughs> that's
1: ridiculous,
0: isn't it? That's, I mean, that's. that's- it's, it's you're, you're talking
1: about jordan's best favorite player of all time jordan loves himself and Calvin benjamin that's no, gettleman no throwing so that dude that. another biscuit that's all that is man and look
2: i calvin benjamin is an easy punching bag we can all sit here and, and talk about it and stuff like that this game he did, did dry
1: up like a popeye's biscuit
2: <laughs> oh man look i know he's had a lot of stuff off the field happen and stuff like that so you feel for the man you know like I, I, props to Gettleman for even giving him a shot to try to get back into the league. But do I think that he breaks camp? No. Not considering the depth chart, not considering where his shape is, probably. Because the other thing you heard about the first reports that came out, they were like, well, the first day they killed Benjamin, we tried him out. He didn't look like he looked like a guy that hadn't played football in forever. And the next two days, he looked a little bit better. Um, that's not exactly the most rosy thing to hear out of an NFL team that's like, oh, yeah, he could break camp. So. Props to him for at least getting a shot. For and giving him that shot and stuff like that, because he probably doesn't deserve it at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you want to root for the man, but no, I don't think he, he even breaks camp with the team.
0: Yeah, I don't think Benjamin makes team at all. I think it's it's kind of silly. The the Tebow thing though, uh, the the top five selling jerseys memorabilia are all Tebow right now. So it's not even like the one. It's like the men's. It's the women's. It's the you know the kids. It's the all, everything Tebow.
1: Florida, and quit doing drugs. Brian, quit doing kidding, drugs, Florida. Florida.
0: Stop, Florida. stop. State.
1: I know. I and know you guys get the best of the best see, straight off the boat. Stop it, doing. Stop getting high on your own supply and buying Tebow merch. See, Tebow.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really. Isn't that people. a glorious statement? We could say Tim Tebow is a Florida man right now. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> he <is>. he's, <laughs> the,
3: he's the ultimate Florida man. He always was. You, talk you can Google, a, uh... you
2: can probably go to Google and Google Tim Tebow Florida Man and <laughs> All right, I'll do it. All
0: right, let's, let's go let's do it right now. Oh my gosh. Do it, we're, gonna,
3: we're, gonna
1: do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it. I, yeah. think, we, I, I think we are fun. brought to you live on the worldwide sports radio network, <laughs> now part of iRadio USA. And yes,
3: Florida man, Tim Tebow. Okay This is
0: happening, oh my god, this is happening. <laughs>
3: See, the thing <laughs> yeah, is, though, you I'm said sure this it's... is like DFS, you know, Tim Tebow, and the only thing Tim Tebow is going to make me do for DFS, if he does make it on the field, is punch my screen when he's taking the ball over Visca or Trevor Lawrence or any of that jump pass bullshit. If this dude gets a touchdown this year, I'm just going to make me pissed off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I want LaVisca Chenault everywhere. And if Tebow breaks camp, I'm going to I'm going to be really upset because <laughs> LaVisca Chenault's the only guy that even resembles a tight end on an entire roster. Yeah. And it's scary because other than O'Shaughnessy, it's o- Tebow. O'Shack Hennessy, and I that's from Key and Peel Bo.
0: So yeah. come on, it's, man. But
1: LaViska, LaViska's 6'2, 220, he's kind of in that same like a light version of John U. Smith. So if you get him in space, get him, he's better at getting open. And yeah, he just doesn't block because he is a wide receiver. But um, Man, I think is. with ETN taking the H back role, Lavisca Chenault's going to be that tight slot, that kind of speed <clears> slot <throat> that you're looking for. But he's he's a beast. Like he's a massive, bulky, little compact guy. That's just he's a monster. Dude. And you got to give him the ball. Like, well, look what happened last year at the end of the year when they finally gave Lavisca Chenault the ball. He was a baller. He took off. He put up huge numbers. I mean, look at week 17. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving him the ball in week 17 so I can make some money. See, I can imagine it now.
3: (laughs) I can imagine it now. They get to the three yard line, they put in their jumbo package. Tebow's at quarterback. Travis Etienne split out wide because he's their number one receiver. And then they have Visca lined up in the backfield and they do a read option, jump oh, pass yeah. to O'Shaughnessy. So Tivo to O'Shaughnessy. When everybody's uh, sitting here, uh, Etan's got a 89 yards or 97 yards, just waiting for a three-yard carry. And no you know, <laughs> James Robinson just sitting on the sidelines because he's just doing nothing. O'Shaughnessy. Hennessy again. <laughs> you, I, I can't. I can't stand the Jaguars' offense. Like when no, Taysom Hill gets on the field. It's the I same thing. It's like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Get them the ball. I don't care about the freaking days of Hill snaps. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it. Anymore. I don't want to poo-poo Vizca. I love Visca.
2: Love, love Visca. My worry is since Urban Meyer has decided to open his mouth, all of the crazy things flowing out of it mm-hmm. scare me for Visca. <laughs> like when they're talking about like, well, we got Travis Etienne because we couldn't get Kadarius Tony, And I'm like, oh Lord. Like, <laughs>
3: You guys don't that, know what you
2: have? You're talking about <laughs> I, the ugly version of
1: Visca. Like you wanted to draft the a early really small but, Yeah, a small, ugly version of Visca. This is a lot bigger.
2: If you had Visca and you have a real role carved out to him, why are you going after players that are in the same ilk as him? And I'm not saying Travis Etienne is, but Kadarius Tony is. He's just a really ugly version of him. <laughs> like Yeah.
1: That it, scares me, man. Like it scares me for Vizca, how they're but, gonna use him. Let's get the guy who looks like Vizca but can't run routes. That's He's perfect for us.
2: <laughs> I mean, the only parts of the Jaguars offense that I, I'm invested in and it costs because I know what their roles are because of Daryl Bevel is Marvin Jones and DJ Chark. That's the only parts of that offense I really care about. And if you want to stack them with Trevor, that's fine. Mm. Like, I could do that in best ball. But yeah. I was in on Vizca at the beginning of the year, and then Urban Meyer decided to open his mouth. And I was like, oh, no. No, baby.
1: I'm no. Out. No. I'm out. No, well, yeah no, you crazy! I mouth. hope we're wrong. I
2: hope we're wrong. Well, I, we're- I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Urban actually uses him, but the crazy crap that's flowing out of his mouth it scares me. It really
0: does. It's very scary. It's troubling, and he's not the only one. We're gonna take a quick three-minute commercial break. We'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about another crazy coach who uh, used to be a head coach who's who's now a positional coach who's saying crazy stuff in Detroit. Uh, and I, am beside myself. I feel the same way uh, that Derek feels in uh, his craziness about this situation, about Urban Meyer and what he's doing with, with Levitsky. It's just, it blows my mind. Uh, and we're going to get back into that uh, in three minutes. So we'll be right back. It is it, the World Sports Radio Network.
1: Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team.
3: We're here
0: to shit up. Now back to Chalk Block with Bo and Scott. it! Oh, there we go. Welcome back to Chalk Block. We, we are joined now by the usual cast of characters. Uh, I, we have a hunchback. We have Bo McBigtime. We have D Brown from the FTN Fantasy Network. Well, it says FTN Fantasy on there. Do you do FTN and Fantasy? Do you do both? Because I know there's a lot of umbrellas over there.
2: Dude, I do everything and all things. I'm the Swiss Army Knife. Um, we've got three arms of FTN. So we do have the, the main FTN Network handle. But the three, uh, well, I, I want to say four arms. There's FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily, FTN Bets, FTN Data. I don't want to, like steal any surprises but uh working on a lot of things behind the scenes right now for that as well
0: i I love that that's really cool uh so uh, here's what i'm supposed to do coming back i'm supposed to do the read for for bigtimeflavorco.com so let's see if i can nail this right now so what you want to do right now is you want to go to bigtimeflavorco.com and you want to order yourself some hot box gourmet small batch hot sauce this is my favorite hot sauce in the world. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I'm addicted to it. So much so that uh, I have uh, bought several cases. And I'm rocking the gear as well. This is my my sweatshirt. It's comfy. It's This is awesome. You can get this at Viridian Global. I got my hat as, as well. And when you're over there at BigTimeFlavorCode.com, make sure that you get yourself a bundle. Because you got the taco season. You got the the, taco Cezanne, you got the, 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 the rub. Uh, you you have uh, the clucking hot. I mean, you got it all, bro. Yeah, I mean, so please do go get yourself. Did I miss anything, Bo? Anything I need
1: to get My, my, uh, no, uh, no. enter the promo code chalk21 at checkout, and get yourself 10% off.
0: I, uh, that's, that is what I was
2: missing. The, promo. uh, Bo, you did miss something. You missed, uh, I need to give you my digits, my mailing address. Uh, we need to talk <laughs> off air. I need some of this in my life, my friend.
1: It you is, like, is, do you awesome. like delicious food? Is is that something you like? Uh, is food? I am
2: a part-time grill master and, and smoke master, so yes, we need to talk off air, my friend. I got to get an order ahead yes, my way.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Oh yes, it is. It is ridiculously <laughs> delicious. I uh, to the point where uh, I will put some on uh, just uh, my my hands and lick it off at
1: times. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've taken. He actually I mean, has semi-famous. a prosthetic hand <laughs> because he chewed his other one off. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't
2: I see like out in the Twitter streets the other day? Like Matt Harmon was out there uh, propping up, talking about how gl- oh, yeah. delicious this is. I was like, yeah. oh,
0: oh, listen, I need some
2: of this.
1: Uh, listen, I'm going to name drop Matt Harmon. He's going to be on the show next week.
0: He is our guest next week. I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, he, here's what Bo. This is this is this is the the the, the that's this, a
0: professional transition, by the way. It is <laughs> Bo, Bo. is the man. Uh, <laughs> the the thing about it is, I feel like Bo's hot sauce. The story of Bo's hot sauce really. Uh, brings people together and particularly people in the fancy community, whether it's Matt Harmon, whether it's yourself and Bo, uh, you know, Scott fish, really lots of different people. You know, me, I mean, a lot, our, our relationship started cause Bo in a hot box league said, Hey, I made this sauce for the league. Uh, I'm going to send it out to everybody. Let me know if you're interested. And everybody said, yeah. And then after I had some, everybody was just like, you need to sell this. You need to sell this. Like every single person in there was like, I'll buy more. I'll buy more. And I was like, I will buy a case of this. And he sent me like 20 bottles, like five or six were broken because it was just jammed into this like pack. I, I loved it. I
2: ate the it. Oh, it's so hot. You can't contain debate. it.
1: It cannot be contained in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, The postal service was like, uh, we're going to steal some of these. And-
0: <laughs> right. So I, I love this. This is like, this is my go to. So uh, Matt Harmon's getting some. Uh, and then what we do is on the Hot Box, uh, which is my show on Thursday. Is that we give our guests a bottle. We get we get them hooked up with Bo. and so um, you know. We can work on that, you know, like you said after this show as well. Because I mean, I was going to say,
2: Scott, am I booked for that show already? Because that's how I get my free (laughs) bottle. I mean, come on, come on.
1: (laughs) We might have to, yeah, do. I got booked
2: for the wrong show.
1: Yeah. See, I I book, I book for this show. I'm the, I'm the one that reaches out, puts my heart on the line to see if anybody wants. Oh, so you
2: didn't want to give the freebie bottle away? I get it now. Now it's all coming together. I'm a business owner,
1: sir. Got I got it, I got it. That's
2: mathematics at its finest, my friend. I, I get it. I, I
0: got you. I'm going to send you a free bottle because I think it's delicious <laughs> and I want you to enjoy it. And it, This is what I'm going to do all year, every week during the fantasy football season. I'm going to send uh, somebody a free bottle of Bo's Hot Sauce every week. It's going to be a promotion I'm going to do on the show. And it's because I think it's worth giving away. Like it's, It changed my life. It, it well, Scott, up. you know it's also like Pringles. Like once you have one, you can't
2: stop, right? No, so no, stop. you just got to get them in the door, baby. No, no. And so, Jordan, Jordan's
1: a fan of the Smoke Shack Rub. I know that.
3: Yeah, no, my friend Jared, I, got, I actually bought his first all of the seasonings, and uh, he absolutely loved it. He's, he actually uses it like every day. It's funny. He'll send me a picture of just random stuff, and I'll be like, all right, I guess he uses seasoning.
1: Congrats! <laughs> so, I know, so, Derek, I know you've seen the hashtag FF Barbecue Club. Um, that's Ooh. the official seasoning of the FF Barbecue Club. Is the Smoke Shack nice. that I sell on my website? Um, down for man. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll get you out some some goods. Uh, don't you worry. And I know you're. I know you're a Southern boy down there. So um, I think you'll like the That's Clucking Hot Nashville Hot Seasoning. That'll be oh, in yes. there too. Let's
0: yeah. go it is delicious so well uh we we teased it before uh coming out of break Uh, i want to get back to it we talked about you know urban meyer so i just want to know is there any more darts we want to throw at urban meyer before we get into to my guy because there's a lot of vitriol there and i want to make sure we we, if we're gonna get that voodoo doll poked uh you know (laughs) last last death nails anybody are we good with urban Urban Meyer, meyer florida man (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that needs to be a meme, Jordan. That's what that yeah, needs to that, be. That, okay.
1: I, yeah, look, you, can, I, you can find Tebow's stuff, but it's usually pretty pure and clean and wholesome. But Urban Meyer is a sleaze bag, and it's like he's never not been that guy. So, allegedly. He's, a legend. You know,
2: Scott, he's a, allegedly. He's allegedly
1: had a scandal at every place he's ever been.
2: Yeah. My vote, if we're going to take votes here from from you know the populists right now, well, I honestly think that we need to sit here and talk about the next one that you have on the docket here. We need okay. to start thro- tossing some darts and kneecaps. Yeah. I think that's a little bit more interesting than
0: the Florida oh, man. Game. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I love DeAndre Swift. Let me just be uh, honest and say I'm a truther. Somebody who believes in his skill, his ability to catch the ball in the backfield, uh, be able to just run between the tackles, run outside the tackles. I think he's got the whole three-down back. Not that he's got to play every single down. And, and with, with Jamal Williams coming in, uh, I understand that there's going to be a timeshare just because you no know back gets 100% of anything. That's not how the NFL works. People get reps. They get in, they get out. There's a rotation. It's how all backfields work. Some get more than others, right? But the things that Anthony Lynn was saying this week – uh made me want to like uh I don't know jump off of a, a bridge and uh into an icy New York City river so I don't know like in the middle of January like crazy stuff. Uh what do we make of Anthony Lynn basically saying that he thinks in back he says what he said I'm a paraphrase but he said he thinks of backs in two ways an A back and a B back, right? a back can do all the things he can get you between the tackles he can put the he can put it down uh and, and then the b back can do other things he can support the a back he can come in
3: uh you know. is, Scott, I mean I'm not don't mean to cut you off but but this, oh. is exactly, this is exactly what I think because I'm just not doing it like I don't care that Swift showed me he's good I right. the, the clip that I have from Swift is him yeah. dropping the touchdown to win the game Oh, I just Goody got a feeling. Yeah, I got a feeling. Just call me crazy. Yeah. The Lions hyped up running back won't be the guy next year. I don't know. I don't know. Just call oh, crazy. Well, they're already
1: saying that the A back is Jamal Williams. Jamoffle Jamoffle. I don't think he's never broken a tackle in his career that I've ever seen. And hey, watched a lot of tape. I've I know never seen Jamal Williams doesn't. break a single tackle. No, he's a I, solid player, but he does not. I
3: don't get it. He falls yeah. down. I know someone who doesn't have a kneecap and is a running back and is a free agent. And it wouldn't just it wouldn't shock me if at some point they decided, hey, Todd Gurley, come get on, on the up. phone and call him. And they're they sitting the knee here. Brace guy. <laughs> they, they,
1: they dropped, they, they're like, oh, no, sh- uh, Carry 24 years old, but he's a knee brace guy. Let's cut him and bring in the slightly older and arthritic knee, knee brace guy, Todd Gurley. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, what what
0: what do you think, D? We, we're cutting it up and down. How do you hack uh, th- the situation?
2: I've been avoiding DeAndre Swift in drafts. So I'll continue to do it. I, like I, I've got him ranked inside my top twenty-four running backs. Um, I think that speaks more to that positional tier and that spot of the draft and that's that position than anything. Um, do I find myself gravitating to DeAndre Swift because? Right now, I'd have to even pull up where his ADP is in best ball because, honestly, I couldn't tell you because I haven't drafted him on a single team. Yeah. So, I'll take Jamal Williams late because, I mean, if DeAndre Swift goes out, Jamal Williams, regardless of whatever we think, is going to have the backfield to himself. He'll get all the damn volume. He'll be productive just based off of the fact that he'll get all the volume. And if if he showed us anything, he could be a volume back. He could be a volume grinder And be productive in fantasy just based off of that. But is it sexy? No. Is it a backfield I want to invest in? No. Is it going to be a team that is going to be probably bottom 10 in points scored over the NFL season?
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Why would we want to invest in a pricey pick for DeAndre Swift on a terrible offense? Yeah. Terrible. And anybody that wants to come at me and say, okay, well, yeah, but... James Robinson was on a terrible offense last year. Uh, James Robinson was top three in all opportunity metrics. Like, he literally owned that backfield.
1: 98%. This coaching
2: staff is telling you that DeAndre Swift is not going to do that. I know. So, what are we investing in here, people? What, what, like, what are, we, what are we... People that are investing in DeAndre Swift right now in drafts, what is the hope that you're clinging to? I don't get it. I, and but I'm the not... Best, I'm, it, they're going to be a negative not.
1: game script all season long, too. So, what are you hoping for? He's going to get... Like uh, eight garbage time targets at the end of every game. It's not going to happen because Jamal Williams is that that guy. Apparently, yeah. it's,
2: Jared it's- Goff's mobile ass didn't even throw it to Cam Akers last year. Why do we know that he's going to toss <laughs> yeah. it to DeAndre Swift? Right. How yeah. do we know that's going to happen?
0: Well, Dan Campbell we is going to be out there knee
2: kneecaps
0: either way. And I have a video of Anthony Lynn last year. He he was down double digits, two scores. He was down on like the five. And he decided to run the football terrible. like three straight times. And they ran the clock up. The game ended. They didn't even score the touchdown and get any points. They got nothing. He,
1: ri- he rivals right. Freddie Kitchens for the yeah. worst it, it, uh, it was- in-game decision-making in the history of head football coaching. <laughs>
2: they asked if you look at that entire staff it's all old school bro mentality from dan campbell to anthony lynn it's literally full-on tank job i will as much as i'm crapping on them i will Mm -hmm. give some credence that i did think that they had a good nfl draft class i thought that they got good value they built through the trenches they did what you need to do if you're going to try to sustain longevity Their draft class was really, really good. Now, I know we're giving them all kinds of hell about, like, fantasy and this year and stuff like that. So, in the long term, I do have hope because underneath the surface, they did some really smart things. It's just everything they say and do, regardless of, like, like what we care about in fantasy, it's all terrible. I'm just
1: waiting for, I'm waiting for Anthony Lynn to come out and say, you know what? Penny Sewell is going to start at outside linebacker. We don't want him at left tackle.
2: (laughs) He's a a fullback, baby. He's a fullback.
1: He's an (laughs) H back. He's nasty. You know what? He's nasty and he's physical and he's going to play quarterback because Jared Goff can't throw it. it, (laughs) it Penny, you know how to throw the ball. We don't care. You're nasty.
0: (laughs) It makes my Jamal shares better because I was grabbing him later, just in a few best balls earlier before any of this broke. But it just bothers me that Anthony Lynn is even coaching again. And it's nothing against him as a person. It's just against competency. Like, well, I'm not against competency. I'm pro-competency. He's against competency, and, and he wouldn't come in and ruin the, the DeAndre Swift fantasy experience, just like Urban Meyer has the potential to come in and ruin LaVisca. He's ruining James Robinson. He's ruining two people in one you know, fell swoop. Gardner Minshew got ruined last year by someone else. Like, you know, I, I just hate that. That's one of the things I do hate in fantasy Lynn, the most.
1: Anthony Lynn schottenheimer the Chargers last year. That I, That roster – would have had been a playoff roster with literally any oh, he, warm-blooded human being. Look what you did to Tyron Taylor.
0: Ty- Tyron Taylor got stabbed.
1: You know what I mean? Like, oh, come on. He still wanted Tyron Taylor to play over Herbert with a stabbed lung. He, he still wanted that.
0: I can't. I can't. I can't. And these guys are in charge of our money. That's what bothers me is that when I get my thousands or my hundreds or my tens of cents, whatever it is, I'm up against Bo, um at the goal line, and they're like, hey, "You know what? We resigned Adrian Peterson from the practice squad yesterday. Bring AP in for the goal line, kid. Oh. He likes to chop the knees." You and know, when like, Kalen
1: Balage is inevitably cut in camp, I bet you the Lions are going to pick him up because Anthony Lynn loves him some Kalen Balage.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah, Balage, man, it it just. <laughs> All right, i gotta i gotta control myself here he loves himself they'll sign they'll sign,
2: they'll sign frank gore for the veteran presence
0: <laughs> frank gore his 17th NFL <laughs> franchise
1: yeah but, uh, but frank gore is only going to agree to the contract if he can bring his rocking chair with him <laughs> uh,
2: frank gore will only agree to the contract if there is a bylaw uh, way way underneath that they draft his son when he comes out and both of them can play in the same backfield Right.
0: Oh, and he, so he does a handoff. They hand off to him and then he hands off to his son. Uh and then he goes for three yards. Read option. I'm the mobile quarter or wait, the immobile quarterback, and I hand it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody did one of those things, they were like, It's two thousand seventy. What's the headline? And I said, Frank Ford just <laughs> retired, <laughs> you know, after spending sixty-nine seasons in the NFL, you know. No. So, I, I, I
2: would say Frank Gore invested in robot legs and runs for 11,000 yards. <laughs>
0: right. Frank. Frank Gore is the cyborg president of our country. Right. Oh, my gosh.
1: Okay. So After one- many assassination attempts, Frank Gore lives.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Everybody who comes on, Bo likes to talk food. At the end of the, you know, as we kind of transition out. So big time finish. Big time finish. Bo, I, I Bo, you know, I want you to give your shout-out first though. Uh, because we got a pizza shout out. I love pizza. Who doesn't yeah. love pizza? You know, uh, but what's your pizza shout out?
1: So I got a DM a couple of days ago, and I normally my DMs are you guys. <laughs> it's, it's it's getting bothersome after a oh, while. Scott's yeah, Scott'll send me his his DMS and Jordan will send me his, his beat, his baseball uh, close bets. Um, but this, this week I got a special DM from outsiders pizza and outsiders pizza. If you don't know them, they're a Detroit style frozen pizza that you can get at target. And they reached out to me and said, Hey, thanks for, thanks for noticing our, the, I, I guess uh, I had liked and commented on a post by Herms. Everybody loves Herms and he mentioned outsider's pizza and i was like that sounds cool and outsider's pizza sent me free pizza like they had it shipped directly like dropped off like from i think it's shipped s h i p t from my local target to my to my front door yesterday and so shout out outsider's pizza get it at your freezer section at your local target it's good stuff man detroit style pizza that caramelized crispy edge of cheese yeah good stuff baby
0: I love that. So here's a question. Do you, D. Brown now, have any controversial food takes like, for example, uh, taco is a pizza or, uh, you know, (laughs) stuff like that because people have some whacked out thoughts and, and we like to, you know, or like sour cream is the devil; and no one should ever, you know, have it. Which I think that's my controversial food take. I hate sour cream. So, what about you? Anything controversial? You kind of straight by the books.
2: Uh, most of the things I'm pretty. Uh, I, I I eat the chalk with it, you know. Like I I, I got a lot of things that it's, it's pretty normal for me. The one thing, and and I'm trying to eat healthier these days. You're trying to lose that 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 quarantine twenty-five right now. Um, 40. and I'm speaking for 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 personal experiences here. <laughs> The one thing that I will never touch, can't touch, can't eat, and I know a lot of people out there eat it, and please, Tom Brady covering your ears, because I know you're tuning into the show, avocados are the most disgusting thing that has ever been placed upon this earth. They are horrible. They are Thanks terrible. Thanks for coming on, it looks Derek. like <laughs> something you'd find in your baby's diaper. I hate guacamole. I don't want it. Get it the hell out of here. So I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. Actually, hashtag, not sorry at all. So, avocados are gross.
1: You're but you're wrong, though.
2: Oh, I'm so right, Bo. So right.
0: Bo's crying. Bo's crying. He's the enemy now crying.
1: Hey, funny story. My wife is exactly the same. Like, she cannot stand anything avocado. Bo, you married up.
2: She is a smart woman. Keep her.
1: She's a 49ers fan though. It's it's well, really, it really. Bugs hey, me during
2: that. I was a 49ers fan when I was growing up. Again, she's two for two. Woohoo!
1: <laughs> I I really outkicked my coverage here. It's, it's it's it's. I mean, Scott knows. It's just it's it's a yeah. play yeah, this clip turn. for your
2: wife. You need to listen to your wife. Don't touch avocados.
1: Yeah, I, I can't I, not touch them. They're amazing. I, I, mean, I, they I my wife. Super food out there. Yeah, my
0: wife loves them. I I don't. <laughs> I'm not. It's here's what I want. I want a lot of uh, spicy salsa, and I like bows and stuff like that. That's that's where I go. I go with the spicy salsa. So uh, I don't need the guac, and, and I have cheese. It's mm-hmm. cheese and salsa and chips. You know, Give me I mean?
2: seventeen pounds of cilantro, and I'm happy.
0: Oh, that's good too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I put we lots had of cilantro
1: man. in my guacamole. <laughs> Don't that is defiling
2: cilantro. Don't you dare, sir. Don't
1: you dare do that. And before before I made a hot sauce before 2020, when I when I became known for my hot sauce, the the my Instagram food page had been going on for a couple of years. Like I post food porn, and I had the hashtag. Uh, uh Cilantro Bay because there's salt. Bay okay. The that does the salt. I thing. thought
2: you were about to drop some avocado bomb on me right now, no, like, no, no, no. and I was no. about to just like lose but it. My jaw was going to drop. I might have thrown up on show. All these things no, could have. I started.
1: Happened. I started the hashtag on Instagram, Cilantro Bay, and so yeah, I, I'm a huge cilantro. cilantro fan. Yeah,
3: cilantro. Is- I feel bad for
1: the people out there who who taste soap. When they, when they, because they have a genetic thing, uh, the people that can't enjoy cilantro because they it's like uh, the same comp uh chemical compound as a, as a poison to oh, their palate. God. So That's there's crazy. people out there that taste oh, soapy, the cilantro tastes soapy too, and they they can't stand it. Okay. I feel really bad for those people.
0: Oh man, I feel bad for them too. And he, he, okay, so we we have before we go, we have one thing we have to ask you. This is the last question of the day, and this is a DFS question, right? Okay, so DFS. I I build my lineups uh, kind of throughout the week. I'm building, tinkering, looking, listening, building, thinking. But w- when I get really into my builds for my night, it's Sunday morning. You know, is when I kind of just go for broke. How do you build your lineups? Do you find yourself doing it earlier in the week, you know, come Thursday? Or do you wait until Saturday, Sunday? How does it work for you?
2: So, usually when contests go live, and, and again, we've been I've been out of these NFL DFS streets, we've been in the off-season, whenever they first go live, I think it's either win, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday-ish, when the contests first go live, um, I will reserve all my contests and build a bunch of dummy lineups, mm-hmm. and in that process, sometimes like you're just like, okay, I need to reserve, 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 and then other times, like I'll build some dummy lineups, and... I honestly don't come back to them until Saturday night and on Saturday night is kind of my late night grind fest. That's kind of when I'm starting to look at it and a lot of it's like Sunday morning like for, for FTN, we're in the discords, we got live shows, all kinds of stuff, we're adjusting the news and and trying to help out all of our subs in the process all the way up to locks. So I'm answering questions, I'm finalizing ranks and stuff and when I'm in all of that while I'm sitting here trying to build my own action and get my own exposures and my own lineups, I don't want to do that and feel like I'm either on one thought train because one player got, line, uh, uh, you know, he got ruled out. So now it's like, whoa, I need to sit here and be playing this 4K running back. And, oh, shit, was everybody going to play this 4K running back? You know, so a lot of times the late night, so we have, um, it's like FT and After Dark, Saturday nights, um, one of our awesome experts, uh, fantasy guru Drew, hops into our Discord at about. Usually, it's me, him, and a handful of other guys from FTN at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Saturday morning or Saturday night, and I'm live lineup building in there. Like I'm talking to subs. We're going through everything. I'm looking at like other things throughout the week, and I'm going through the deep weeds of the process and being like, okay, did I miss anything here? So Saturday night is really when I do all my, my lineup building. And then Sunday, I tinker a little bit. Like, I'll adjust to news. I'll be like, okay. And I'm not a an opto guy. I don't run 150s, things like that. I am a, a three max guy. I play a lot of single entries. Um, and I spread my exposures across there. So I might run 10 lineups. And that's kind of where I, I, I'm usually like at max, I'm running maybe 8 to 10 lineups on a Sunday. And so I hand build all of my lineups. So I'll go through all my lineups and say, okay, is this guy like a one of eight, a two of eight, a one of ten, two of ten, things of that nature? That's kind of where I do all of my heavy lifting late Saturday night. So when it's Sunday and I'm in like, and I'm multitasking, I'm doing 10 other things, and then news drops, I don't want to be the guy that's like, okay, holy crap, like I've got to go. 40% 40% on this guy. I've got to eat the chalk on this guy, or I've got to sit there and over adjust to news and get caught up in that tidal wave. So yeah. really, I want to get most of my heavy lifting in my process um, in on on Saturday night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I just like to detach from my family uh, for hours. <laughs> he does that. In the he morning. does that anyway. <laughs> Yeah,
1: VFS I'm, I'm detachment, sorry. right? Yeah, sure.
0: I've got to enter hundred and seventy-five individual handbuilt lineup the next three hours, kids. Daddy's <laughs> gonna go downstairs, and then I'm gonna watch football for the next That's nice twelve known.
1: hours. So dude. exactly. <laughs> so and and Debra, we're gonna we're gonna invite you to when you're doing your late night Saturday grind. Uh, to tune in into Chalk Block during season because we're moving to Saturdays and we're going to do a two-hour yeah. show. Oh yeah, so and, you and might we're be able to. You name the date,
2: us. I'll come back. Let's talk shop, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, look, Adam Pfeiffer and I, my co-host over at Fade the Chalk, like our Friday episode. People are like, "Oh my lord, how in the absolute hell do y'all talk for an hour and a half?" Like, <laughs> on we will we go through the entire slate. <laughs> Even Monday night games. And we go deep and trying to give people the goods, man. Like John Holmes deep, you know what I mean? (laughs) You have to, dude. Like these DFS streets are tough, man, especially football. The competition is sharp, and it's gotten sharper over the last two to three seasons. I've only been playing DFS for the last three years, um, and I've noticed it immensely you yep. either got to get weird, you got to hit, and you got to get your lineups right and stuff like that. And people are like, you always hear, like, oh, you play 150 lineups. I mean, it must be easy to lose that. Get, Come on. Sign up. Let's get some head-to-heads, baby. Yeah. Me right. and me those, in those, those streets, and let's talk yeah. about
1: that.
0: You can come
2: play your 150 and, and, and lose all your streets. damn money. It doesn't matter. Right.
1: Right. Come at me in the head to head streets. I ain't scared. I was oh, 88% man. last year.
0: <laughs> oh, Bo, Bo was taking my money. Uh, but actually, he was taking Pete Overtz's money because I was taking Pete, Pete Overset's money and then I was giving it to Bo. Because uh, at one point, Pete came out like the last three weeks of the season was like, I want all the smoke. Send me the smoke. So I started sending him head to heads. After after three weeks of, of like pretty pretty good games, but I beat him three weeks where he was like, I'm I'm not doing that
1: anymore. He's like, I'm, I'm the I'm- guy in that dark. <laughs> I'm in the I'm the guy in the dark cash games alley with the with the shank. Like yeah. it's like like oh you want you want to challenge me to a head that oh that's, that's cute. how much <laughs> money you got. <laughs>
2: yeah, I used to. I'm full GPP. The last two seasons, um, my first year into it, I dabbled in both. I'm I'm full GPP now. Um, yeah. I only roll GPPs and stuff. Um, A lot of times, I I just I I can't play cash game streets. I don't want like ownership or, or roster percentages. They dictate a lot of not everything we do and stuff like that. But you're playing the game of who is everybody else playing versus who am I playing, and you're playing the the overall roster percentage of your entire lineup versus okay, you know how much chalk can I eat or am I eating, and looking at all of that like. I just, I don't want to be locked into doing that in cash games. I get it, and I know a lot of people that do it, and they make a lot of money doing it. It's just, everybody, you you, you play enough DFS, and you kind of understand where your mind goes, where your brain goes, where your thinking goes, and mine automatically goes to outside the box. Like, I look deep at matchups and stuff like that, and I'm like, who's the 2% guy that ain't nobody going to play that guy walks in with two tutties? Who's that punt tight end? Who's the payup option? You know, who does... Who's the pay up option that nobody wants to pay up for? And if he goes off, then shit, you're you're shipping it all, dude. So yeah. that's kind of why I stick to GPPs now because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm trying to get my brain into a cash game format when I play it, and it just doesn't work. Like I don't think that way, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not gonna force myself into this box, and it doesn't it doesn't work. Because then I just end up losing, or it doesn't work out well for me. <laughs> so I that, just go with what
0: works. Yeah, maybe you doubt yourself because you're not fully committed to that strategy because you're in a different context you know and and so i am trying to get better at kind of all of it and so i'm just kind of playing here and there and i I got into a rhythm last year where uh, i would play gpps and i'd do the million maker i do other tournaments i would do pretty well uh you know I, i i broke even most of the time and i felt good about that uh and then i would i would Play head to heads and I do pretty well in head to heads too. And I do the the $100 double up. And I like the double ups because if you get a small enough field, you just got to beat half the people for that 100 bucks. And so, uh, working with Bo, he was so good over at nimblewnumbers.com. Shout out, uh, you know, uh, a little self plug there. And Bo's writing that I was able to build winners more often than not, you know. So I won you know, maybe five, $600 after, you know, at the end of the year, I was up that uh, in the cash. So I kind of learned a little bit how to do cash and it is a totally different thing. I'm a GPP guy too. Like, that's my, my thought It's just like, I'm the only, I'm the only cash guy here. Apparently, gonna, I mean, I'm the, so curious what
2: this year is going to bring for us, man. Like last year you oh, see yeah. certain prevailing thoughts in DFS and stuff. And last year, Playing all those punt running backs, like the guys that were out, nine times out of ten, unless you're talking about Tony Pollard in that week versus Sam Fran, those guys were traps. There were a lot of weeks where they were just horrible traps. Um, what do you want to talk about? Madison, you want to talk about other weeks with, like, Chase Edmonds and stuff like Madison that. There were a lot good.
1: Madison of, is good, never has been good, never will be good. No, there Madison were a lot of traps out there. Never Madison... But
2: <laughs> a lot of that you can kind of see, like, and, and you see, like, one of it's, like, how the play is, how the season's going. I'm really curious about what this season's going to bring for us.
0: Yeah. No, uh,
3: Jordan, <laughs> I, what are you thinking over there, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm just listening and taking it in because me and Derek seem to think very alike. I am a GPP player. I dive deep into box scores. I look into matchups. Um, this, I mean, last season, the biggest narrative that I saw was, Everybody just continuously trying to play the tight ends, the Evan Ingrams and Johnny Smiths and all that. And over me, And I literally went, I think, seven or eight straight weeks of playing either Jordan Aikens or the big three. And that's what gave me an edge in these three-entry maxes, single entries, because everybody was like 20% on Jonah Smith. And I was like, I would just rather play anything (laughs) first, girl. I don't care. Like I don't care about tight ends and DFS, especially DraftKings. And the backup running backs last year were bad. But also, we had we had a COVID offseason with these rookies. Like, there's a lot of different things that are going to be, like, these rookies and also Jamar Chase taking a year off of football. What does that look like now? Like, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at, like, they haven't played football in two years. They've been just training for the NFL. And now Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase week one, like, what are they going to price them at? If they probably some low, like most rookies get in the 45, or maybe probably like 51, 5200 range, it's going to be really interesting. There's going to be a lot of routes to go, especially with all the receivers and how many duos we have. It's like there's no peer dominant receiver anymore.
2: Well, and there's a whole lot of things of like, you know, a lot of times in, in GPPs, like I've double stacked my quarterbacks and stuff like that. Because if you got a quarterback going for 300 and four tutties, he's probably bringing two guys along with him. The other part about that, and and shout out to my dude, uh, Matty DFS. Um, He does a lot of things uh, over line movement and fantasy authority. He's one of my favorite DFS guys. We we talk shop a whole hell of a lot. He's incredibly sharp. One of the things uh, he started doing last year, and I started doing as well, is tacking on your quarterbacks that you're on. Just tack your tight end on there, man. Go go! Tack your tight end onto that stack. Get your correlation. We talked about that with best ball, but it's there for DFS. Like, yep. you think the quarterback's going to go for three fifty and four four hundred or whatever? Um, a lot of these highest scoring. Whether you're looking at over unders, you're looking at high high totals and stuff like that. Yeah. Tight end's coming along for the ride, baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, and, and last year, tight end was one of my favorite things to kind of to dance with each week. Yeah, well, no. Bo called me the tight end whisperer, but that was just the one week. And I, the, really, the reason I, I got my tight end, is to listen to other people, like you Man. said. It's it's not just you. I, I what my goal in every week is is to start my process to look at the matchups, to get to my my, my thoughts, look at all the data, and then as I listen to everybody else's. I'm not looking for confirmation bias. I'm looking to see where am I different, where am I the same, where am I on it. And sometimes you're just like you're just on it, and you're like, oh yeah, Julio's eighty percent owned, or so and so's the most chalky play ever. And you're like, okay, the whole world's on. But other times it leads you to a place, you know, like Jordan mentioned earlier, where your data goes, wow, oh, I have an edge over this. And so yeah. tight end was just a, a spot last year where I, I love always punting at tight end. Like that was my <laughs> favorite thing to do. And whether it was getting, you know, I don't know, um, Hooper. Uh, in, in Cleveland, you had like three mm-hmm. touchdowns a week, whatever it is. Th- those types of plays, they're there every week. I had a graph that I would use every week. I put in my data over nimblewnumbers.com, and I would see the tight end variants. And besides Travis Kelsey, there'd be a new number one every single week. It would just ch- – Jimmy Graham would be up. Somebody else would be up. And so you can't uh, be p- chasing uh, that mid-round tight end. you got punt or go high, like Jordan said. So I love that, that you know the strategy is kind of developing. So it, it is interesting to see what's going to happen this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot different and uh from last year just because we're going to have an off season and we're gonna get to see preseason like you said and uh on that we do have to go we're kind of over but you know what i I like going over uh next week we do have mr uh reception perception himself matt Harmon. it's really cool really excited about that uh and uh after that bo do we have uh is it lofty coming on after that yes i believe it's coming on table offerings coming on so uh you know it, it, you know what? Here, I, I need to do this. My, my my cans are on, so I haven't been wearing the hat backwards. Let me get the hat back, up.
3: yeah. That's why I put my hat backwards. Come on, we have, we have Debo here. Come on, there we go. <laughs> there we go. So,
0: yeah, all, all, all hats back. Uh, and so, uh, we're excited that you came on this week, D. Thank you so much for, for checking us out here on Chalk Block. We are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, uh, and we're brought to you by. Uh, the one and only, big time flavor code. boat. is that your dog, your cat? What's going on? Just so, a sewing
1: machine. Your sewing, sewing machine.
0: <laughs> uh, of course, high tea with the sewing machine. Uh, how, how did I know? So, but Shout out to Hot Love.
2: Box Sweaters. They're made in house.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is that why it took so long to get here? You were sewing this bad boy.
1: Crochet mittens. Yeah, oh, I was man. like
2: in between commercials. He's like.
0: <laughs> Down here at the bottom crocheting it for you. <laughs> oh man, this feels so good now, Bo. You made it with your love. So now I grandma about taught me you. well. She did. Uh and thank you, everybody else, and and check us out in the comments as well. Uh points afterwards in there. Craig as always love Craig. Craig's always hanging out. So uh do, do make sure you follow D Brown uh and all the good people over there, at FTN Fancy, follow Bowman Fig Time, follow Jordan Bannock. Uh and, and please, I mean I'm sure you're following me, but uh follow me as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you, guys. And we are on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
3: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.